fighting online fraud with AI. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Yuri Rivner, co-founder and chief cyber officer at Biocatch. Welcome back, Yuri. Thanks, Tonya. Thanks for inviting me again. Of course. Remind us uh, again what Biocatch does. So Biocatch is a behavioral biometrics company. We work primarily with financial institutions around analyzing account opening online where uh, genuine users would be uh, familiar with their information, not familiar with the process of account opening, and criminals will be the opposite, very familiar with the way people uh, you know, open accounts, but not familiar with the actual data, as well as uh, account takeover, which is when a criminal is entering your online banking or mobile banking account. Those would be the, you know, the main sort of uh, uh, things that the banks are worried about. Why is moving to AI important in detecting fraud, especially uh, now with COVID-19? Right. So essentially, and uh, the image behind me, for those of you that don't recognize it, it's a war games where an AI is supposed to uh, fight World, world War Three, uh, replacing the humans. Um, I would say that currently with the COVID um, fraud teams and fraud operations teams specifically, um, are under duress because they need to work from home. It's not the same environment. Um, they cannot really cope with the load um, the way they normally uh, do. And this basically is an opportunity for the criminals. They pounce and try to uh, take advantage of that. Um, therefore, anything that will be automating decisions rather than requiring manual uh, intervention and investigations is going to be preferable at this uh, point. AI needs a, a lot of data to become useful. So when fighting online fraud, is there enough data for analysis? Yes, so I would say that this is a kind of a tricky thing. Um, if you think about uh, credit card fraud and e-commerce fraud, there's plenty of fraud samples that the AI can use. You know, if you think about machine learning, supervised machine learning. Um, when you talk about things like online banking, um, it would be maybe one out of 50,000 or even 100,000 uh, logins that would be a, a fraud attempt. So if you look at it on an individual, uh, let's say project level, not too much data, but that's the idea. I mean, you, you do want to look at the broad uh, industry and start collecting information from, you know, a very, very large number of uh, financial organizations in order to uh, have a good understanding of the way criminals operate versus the way general people operate. And once you do that, then yes, you, you, you have enough data for the machine learning to learn. AI is often described as a black box in that you have no idea how the AI got to the decision. So how do financial institutions uh, cope with this situation? Yeah, so, so they're worried about this for two reasons. Reason number one is regulation. Uh, they need to explain the models uh, to make sure that there's no discrimination or you know, things that don't work. And also, they often use their own machine learning. And therefore, if it's just a black box that spits out a kind of a risk score, um, th there's no way for them to fully leverage the insights. So essentially, um, you know, the, the, the idea is that AI theoretically works like a charm, but like a charm, you know, a charm is, is not something that you can explain. So therefore, explainable AI is really the way to go. Uh, trying to use AI, but also find a way 
to explain those decisions, you know, create reason codes, create indicators um, that allow, uh, let's say, a bank to uh, understand what actually went on in that specific uh, session. So again, the idea is to create an explainable AI, because if it's not explainable, there is going to be a big issue, especially with the financial uh, sector. What are some of the patterns that suggest a fraudulent actor may be present? I would say that uh, a criminal is going to be uh, very familiar with the uh, process, not familiar with the data, and um, generally kind of high user expertise uh, would be uh, observed. Uh, in many cases, they will use tools, for example, remote access, uh, bots, um, spoofing their location, spoofing their device. It's a combination of things as opposed to the general user that will behave normally like they normally do in terms of uh, moving the mouse, uh, typing information, you know, operating on a mobile device. And um, they will not have the same, I would say, criminal traits that a normal criminal will have. So what else should people consider when looking for AI, uh, when looking at AI for, for fraud fighting? I, I would say um, that you, you want the AI to produce insights rather than like a final verdict. Um, the AI needs to be actionable, right? So it's essentially important to understand why something was anomalous and be very, very uh, specific about it. Uh, otherwise, you don't know how to act. You, you know that something is risky, but you don't have any context around why it's risky and how you need to uh, you know, specifically handle a specific case. Um, so let me give you an example. Uh, when you type your social security number, I can say whether you use long-term memory uh, or typing off a list. If you use long-term memory, this is your social security number. You're the only person that knows that social security number. You're gonna type it very confidently, very continuously. Uh, other people, other than maybe immediate family, are not able to do that. If we see someone typing off a list, that's a totally different scenario. It's certainly not long-term memory. And the question is why? Why is this person typing off a list? What is this list? So being able to say whether it's long-term memory versus typing off a list immediately gives you some actionable insights in terms of you know, what you have to do when you encounter uh, such a thing, situations. Uh, there are about 20 things that um, you know, BioKit specifically can say around zip code, the way you type your zip code. Like when you reach the zip code, your muscle memory almost automatically begins to type. And then when you type it, it is in your long-term memory. People recognize and memorize and, and it's etched in their memory because they use it often, um, unless they recently moved. So if we see someone that is not actually uh, responding well to this field, it's not really doing whatever else is doing, and they haven't moved recently, that's gonna be very, very suspicious. So again, the idea is, not to say, hey, we see something, you know, risky, but rather be very specific about those uh, insights and make them actionable, I would say. So you're, what's the right balance between human judgment and AI automation when fighting fraud? Um, let me give you a great example. Um, in the UK, one of the number one problems that they are facing is called authorized push payment. I call it deep social engineering. I'll tell you the story, someone gets a phone call from uh, the mobile provider, you're late on your fees, can you please pay? She makes a payment and then um, she gets a phone call from the bank 
uh, we see a suspicious transaction. Can you explain? She says, yeah, it's my mobile provider. No, it's not. We see that you paid someone, but it's actually uh, someone else that we don't know. Um, you actually gave them your debit card number. It's linked to your bank account. Um, unfortunately, we have to uh, switch you to a new bank account number. Why don't you log in online? We'll give you a new bank account number. Move all of your money to this new bank account number. And you're probably grinning or saying, hey, well, did she really fall for that? She did. Uh, the user actually fell for that. And she was told to send 9,000 uh, pounds in this case and wait for confirmation and then move more money because she had a lot of money in her account. Now, think about any type of authentication. The user is going to pass the authentication because they think it is real. They need to move their money right now to their new and safe bank account. Think about any kind of fraud control. It's not a criminal. It's the user, right? So even what I talked about in terms of behavioral biometrics, the way you normally move the mouse and type information, um, should say everything is fine. So we had a great AI that was uh, able to say a criminal is operating inside the account. But that AI looked at you know, this sort of case and said, we don't see anything, I don't see anything bad. I actually see the real user doing it. So the AI uh, needed some help. And I would say that you know, human beings are the first responders when the AI needs some help. Um, so what happened was the data science team started to look at this specific event. Uh, what they found is that the user was doodling for like five minutes after the payment, just randomly moving the mouse on the screen. Why? She was told to wait. She was under duress. It was a very stressful situation. She had nothing else to do, and she wanted to keep the session live. So essentially, people normally have, you know, 10 seconds, 15 seconds of interaction uh, before they do something. But she was just randomly doodling on the screen. This is a telling sign. Another thing is hesitation. Um, when she actually clicked to submit, you, you normally click and then you release the finger, typically 120 milliseconds. She was uh, about double that. She was more hesitant. And also being guided. Let's say that someone is telling you what to do over the phone. You're going to listen to the instruction and then you're going to type the destination account because you're not familiar with the destination where the money goes to. So the phone is going to move crazily like this. And if you watch the accelerometer on the phone, you recognize this is not a normal situation where a user is just interacting with their uh, mobile device. The combination of all of these very subtle signals um, where, uh, you know, things that data science recognized as new areas of analysis. Once the data science completed that work, it then moved into the AI. So it's almost like um, pointing the AI to start looking into a new direction. Once this was done, everything was fine. The AI is now able to detect this crazy type of uh, fraud. So that's where you draw the line, right? The AI is very good at uh, whatever it is programmed to do. But from time to time, you need to kind of make some adjustment, you know, train the AI to look at different things because you have a new problem to solve. Yuri Rivner, co-founder and chief cyber officer at Biocatch. If somebody wants to connect with you, uh, maybe they want to find out more about this topic, how can they do that? Uh, LinkedIn, just uh, send me a link, LinkedIn uh, request uh, for connection and I'll be happy to uh, answer any questions and uh, uh, talk to you guys. Thanks again for your time, Yuri. And you can find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.